0: are your morning announcements. The Retro Club will be meeting today to discuss planes, trains, and automobiles. We hope all students have a good Thanksgiving break, and be careful out there. It looks like a snowstorm is rolling in. Hello and welcome to the Retro Club. We're your host, Megan. And
1: John. <laughs> Sorry, as soon as and I hit record. welcome to the Midwest.
0: <laughs> something <laughs> falls in the other room. A train blows its horn in the
1: distance. Yeah, and it makes sense to what we're going to talk about today.
0: <laughs> that is true. Before we jump into it, though, is there anything you want to share, catch us up on?
1: Oh, I got an even better job offer. Oh, you did? Yeah, the one I accepted.
0: Yeah, you've talked about it.
1: Oh, did I already talk about it? Yeah. Wow. So I, like, I guess time there, has flown.
0: Are you surprising me too? I didn't know. Yeah,
1: I'm just. I guess I'm still surprised about it.
0: Yeah, we already talked about it. Um, I had a crazy dream last night, and I already told you, but I'm gonna share it with the rest of the world because I'm still oh. like shaking my head. Okay, You're so nuts. I have a bad habit, like I can control it. I mean, it is my subconscious, but whatever. I have a. I occasionally will have a dream about John cheating on me, and I wake up very upset, <laughs> and I want to just smother him with a pillow. <laughs> but yeah, I know... while
1: I'm sleeping, having my good dream.
0: <laughs> well, last night I had one of those dreams again, um, where he cheated on me, but <laughs> I wasn't even like I couldn't even make myself be upset because I was just so confused. Because he cheated on me with J Lo. Man, I was
1: really confused about that. I was like J Lo.
0: Even Dream Megan, when I looked at the two of you, I said, "You guys had sex," and she said, "Yes." And I was like, "I thought you were with Ben Affleck." And I know. I would
1: have said the same thing.
0: Like I tried I to make you myself. Were with ben Affleck. I tried to make myself sad in the dream. Like I tried <laughs> to cry, but I was just so confused at like how this even happened i was like so you two are hooking up and you're also (laughs) with ben affleck and i i don't know i was like i'm gonna leave i guess and that was like my whole dream was just (laughs) i don't know
1: i have dreams about like just dumb shit you have dreams about people like like meeting up with me and stuff it's kind of weird
0: i do i have dreams about you cheating on me but i have other weird dreams too like not just that that's not the only thing I dream about. You just
1: Have a really bad deep seated psychosis.
0: I said I'm gonna start keeping a journal or something on my nightstand just because my dreams are so out there. And when I try <laughs> to tell them tell them to you when you wake up, when I wake up, you're not awake and you don't know what I'm talking about. And right, I get sad.
1: It, it won't even be nothing like that. It'll just be a journal. That just says like laces out Dan on every page, <laughs> like from Ace Ventura. We
0: did watch that the other day, but that's not what we're talking about.
1: It's not, but it is a movie worth talking about. It's it a great is. One,
0: one day. Um, yeah, unless you had anything else, we can jump right in.
1: Nothing really other than just trying to get the house caught up and trying to survive this cold.
0: Oh, and... It's been bitter cold out. Getting ready for Thanksgiving, which this comes out the day before. Yep. This is our Thanksgiving. I know we said last week was our Thanksgiving episode. We were off by a little bit, but it was a Thanksgiving movie.
1: Very good Thanksgiving movie at that. This one is Most also a
0: Thanksgiving movie. <laughs> so um, we're just building up to it.
1: We're going to talk about a really good one. This is one i am liked my whole life. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, We're discussing planes, trains, and automobiles. And I'll be totally honest with you. I'd never actually seen the. I'd seen clips from the movie, I but know. I've never seen it <laughs> until now. To I was talk disappointed
1: about when you were like, I oh, like Megan. I watch it every year. I've watched it every year since we've been together. Yeah. Somehow you just been like, I don't know, like day sleeping with your eyes open or something.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I swear I've never seen it before. I just recognize certain clips from seeing it on TV, I think, from other things. I guess. But yeah, I just watched it so we could talk about it. So this is the first time I've seen it.
1: Yeah, this movie was even released close to Thanksgiving too. November 25th, 1987.
0: Okay, so so they actually It was meant for it. Mm -hmm. That's good. Uh, it is a John Hughes film, which I did not know.
1: Right. This is the first film that really got John Hughes acclaim for not just being a person that made movies about teenagers.
0: Yeah, I think that's, I was surprised, but I could see John Hughes elements to the movie. So. Yeah.
1: And this isn't the first Thanksgiving movie he would do. He did Dutch.
0: I've not seen that.
1: It's a great movie. Also th- about Thanksgiving. Also kind of, uh, I guess it's kind of a, of a buddy film. It's just about a dad and a daughter, but they're buddies.
0: Oh. When did it come out? 80s?
1: What? Curly Sue? Or Dutch?
0: What'd you say? When did you mention Curly Sue? What the heck? Oh, <laughs> no. oh I was going to talk
1: about Curly Sue, too, because he's done a lot of buddy movies.
0: Oh, my God. Do you smell burnt toast? Are you having Probably.
1: A <laughs> I'm so tired.
0: Oh. No, you just you, have dragged
1: you, me out the all hours of the night.
0: You did not say anything about Curly Sue. You I had, had it in the bed. back of my
1: mind too, because I was for some reason I was thinking of James Belushi, the not as talented brother of John Belushi. Oh. Uh, Curly Sue's not a bad movie. I, it's also a John Hughes film, so
0: I've not seen that. I I've, just you, get used to that, guys. Get used to me saying I've never seen it.
1: Right. And he w- John Hughes got really used to making movies where people had to travel across country. I think it started with this and it just kept continuing onward. Like you have it happening in Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Another John Hughes movie. Curly That's Sue, true. obviously.
0: I'm not seeing it, but I believe you. And Dutch. Hmm, okay. All right, so you said this came out November 25th, what year?
1: 87.
0: 87. All right. So let's talk That's numbers. That's 1987. Yes, as okay, opposed to in case to... you got
1: lost, uh, <laughs> I'd be right there for you.
0: Okay, let's talk numbers.
1: Okay, uh, well, made on a budget of fifteen million. Fifteen so million. Fifteen. I know. Okay, that
0: <laughs> seems like I don't know. So
1: roughly uh, just over thirty-nine million a day. Okay. Which I mean, it has Steve Martin in it and John Candy, who were yeah. red hot at their, their times. Uh, but it, it did make forty-nine and a half million at the box office so it had a, a pretty good return yeah uh, so roughly today that's just close to 120 million
0: tripled its budget yeah, yeah it okay. made its money back it's for not sure. not too bad not too shabby
1: no not at all it was, i think it was a movie everybody looked forward to john hughes was big he had yeah. all those big movies come out
0: yeah, but I wonder, was it all the teenage movies up to that point?
1: Yeah, that's all he did was teenage movies. So, I'm... Well, I take that back. He did Mr. Mom.
0: I just wonder how, what they were expecting when they went to the, the theater to see it, you know?
1: Right. Dang, I didn't realize it until just now thinking about it. John, Hughes was really a big fan of just cross-country trips. <sighs> he was part of the National Lampoon movies. Oh. I think he... I Like, I'm in... I'm serious. I think he even wrote most of uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. I think just that's his the story. original
0: Vacation, not.
1: Yes, but I think he helped with all of them, even including like Christmas, the European one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he had anything to do with Vegas. That oh. could just be its own story.
0: He's really, I don't know, man. He's got this thing with families having enormous. Man, that train is so close and Planes so loud. Trains, <laughs> Planes, trains,
1: Megan. Um, Planes, trains. Going to hear that freaking airplane coming down really close.
0: <laughs> no, that would be terrifying. The train if we is were by an way. airport, let me say <laughs> that. <laughs> um, anyway, he has a thing with giving families enormous houses and not explaining why or what they do for a living to have these houses. I know.
1: I don't... <laughs> Like the McAllisters, then in this this movie, I, you kind of get what the dad does, mm-hmm. but you're gonna tell me on just his budget, he has a four person household without him, he making five, mm-hmm. and then they live in that ginormous house, or
0: Ferris Bueller.
1: Oh yeah, good point.
0: Uh, I don't know what Cameron's parents do, but he has that Ferrari and the house in the woods, and it's just like beautiful,
1: <laughs> right? And that Ferrari's like a it's an antique Ferrari. Yeah,
0: Only a hundred were made. That He made a big deal about it that it was a very specific Ferrari. I don't know. Like, John Hughes, what are you doing? It's all this stuff that's just like fairy tale. This isn't happening anywhere.
1: <laughs> He's a Chicago kid. Loves Illinois.
0: I guess.
1: So there's probably elements of friends he grew up with. Stuff like that. Yeah. And I think he was somebody that grew up like dirt poor. So... It would make more sense for him to write about a character that's very well off
0: and has no concept of money, because I sure don't. <laughs> I right, don't and know how they can—I can't fathom that.
1: Right, and honestly, in a lot of his movies, it features people that are really like well-to-do. Uh huh. I can't think of a John Hughes movie that doesn't have that element to it, honestly.
0: Right, with the McAllisters, they didn't actually pay for the tickets to Paris, though. It was the uncle in Paris who paid for the whole family to go. So, even the extended family is just rolling in it.
1: Right. Dang, it was, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It wasn't even the actual McAllister father. It was... Uncle. The uncle from That they were going to see. Yeah. I totally forgot about that because I thought this whole time it was the dad. I thought
0: so, too. So I saw somebody brought it up online and they're like, it wasn't the dad, it was the uncle. And I said... Right. You're not wrong. Just like all these
1: freaking years later and people have gotten really bad about stopping movies to try to catch stuff just to catch stuff. That's how people figured out that the the tickets were there and got thrown away when they got the milk spilled on them.
0: Oh, yeah. So Kevin couldn't have ever gone anyway because his ticket got thrown into the trash. Little, Correct. Which I feel like that had to be intentional. You know what? We should probably stop talking about Home Alone because I think that's on our list to talk about. I hope in so in the very near future. We'll talk about it so. for
1: sure. I love that movie.
0: Anyway, we're back to planes, trains, automobiles, <laughs> uh, or what we, my sister titled this file is uh, peas, T's, and automobiles <laughs> to keep it, <laughs> it shorthand. <laughs> I've been saying it all week, <laughs> thinking that's <funny>. about it. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, yeah, it it does fall outside of. The normal John Hughes movies, I think. Right. I was surprised to see it was directed and written by John Hughes.
1: And it had two people in it that didn't want to be in the movie. John Candy didn't want to do this movie, and neither did Steve Martin.
0: I think that almost adds to the storyline.
1: I do, too, because Steve Martin was a guy that was kind of... I think he was trying to take on more serious roles. Mm -hmm. And then he realized this wasn't just a comedy uh-huh. It was like... it Partially dramedy. It has a lot of serious elements to it. Not just, not just funny. Yeah. And then John Candy. He was just looking to break out of just being the funny fat guy.
0: <sighs> You're never going to. It's Hollywood.
1: This movie really helped him a lot. This is like critically acclaimed for him. Mm-hmm. He got so much praise for this movie. Like Ebert and Roper who... We known for just dogging on movies and not giving a lot of movies two thumbs up gave this movies two thumbs up up each. Hmm. I thought that was really cool. I had to add that to this because I was blown away that they did that
0: I mean he was still the comic relief of the movie, but he did have more touching parts in it that you felt bad for him, even though he was the annoying character
1: and honestly, like in this movie, he never really felt like the the side character. Mm -hmm. he just he felt like he was on the same level as steve martin
0: co-star yeah
1: yeah it never felt like like in dev and dimer there's no lead this movie didn't it like this movie was meant to be built solely around steve martin and it didn't feel like that
0: yeah that's true um i guess we've talked about john candy and steve martin we can i guess name a couple other people cast-wise, because for five whole seconds, and I'm sure he got paid more than what I make in a year, for the five seconds he was on TV, you have the Kevin Ken Bacon. Bacon.
1: <laughs> this, makes it, uh, he's, this movie makes it a huge part of the Kevin Bacon game.
0: It's so silly. Like He doesn't even have a speaking line.
1: doesn't need one. He's Kevin Bacon.
0: He's in it for maybe two minutes, max.
1: <laughs> I do think this is silly because they were getting ready to film She's Having a Baby, another... John Hughes' project, uh-huh. and, uh huh, and right around that time, I mean, he was kind of red hot coming off Flashdance and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So he probably had a little bit of downtime. They're just like, you want to do a quick cameo.
0: Well, and that's it. Almost seems like he may show up later, but he never does. No, it's just in at the very beginning, and that's it.
1: He was really good in it too.
0: Um, <coughs> who else do we have in the movie? Because I I know faces, but I can't give names.
1: Oh, uh. Edie McClurg, she's mm. in everything. John she, Hughes, <laughs> yeah. Not just John Hughes, just our growing up.
0: She probably does. She do a lot of voice acting. Yes. Okay. She is just such a unique voice. Um,
1: you probably remember from the like the Little Mermaid. As who? She's who is she? She's one of the women that take in Ariel on the ship. Oh,
0: see, I immediately when i think of her i think of ferris bueller
1: which i think everybody does
0: yeah that's probably i would say her most recognizable role is the secretary in ferris bueller um
1: and then i kind of remember her from carrie and elvira mistress of the dark that's what when i think of her that's what i think of
0: Mm -hmm. um is there anyone else really notable in it
1: you had uh, Michael McKean in this movie, too. Who is he? He's in Clue. Oh, as the police Clue. officer. Yeah. yeah, he was I Mr. Green. Spinal Tap.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he was <is> Mr. Green.
1: <laughs> and then, of course, you just have all the other John Hughes uh, people. The people yeah. that are in it, always in his movies.
0: A lot of... Everyone has very small parts beside, you know, John Candy and Steve Martin's. It's It's very minuscule
1: yes I think Steve Martin got like maybe his biggest paycheck doing this movie too at least for the time Uh uh-huh because I think this movie helped him really come out of just doing like romantic comedy because he was doing those for a little bit like he had Roxanne and stuff like that that came out
0: I guess yeah well uh, unless there's anything else we talked about the budget the cast director i don't know if there's anything else we break the movie down yeah i think it's just time to jump into the movie so i've again i've only seen it once so bear with me
1: i got you it's really annoying how this movie starts everybody's been in one of those just at work and you're waiting on the person in charge to make a decision
0: it's the week four holiday everyone just wants to get out of there
1: yeah everybody just wants to go enjoy time with their family and this bag has to just sit there and can't pick between three freaking photos
0: yeah and just steve martin a bunch of ads.
1: right and steve martin has done all kinds of stuff to prepare for this mm-hmm. Like he knew something was going to happen so he bought a plane ticket way in advance mm-hmm. and then his buddy even told him you're crazy for trying to think you're going to be able to get a cab Oh, at this this time of day,
0: yeah, because his flight was at 6 p.m. on probably a Friday, who knows, Um, (laughs) which I guess, I don't know what, he said he works in, so Steve Martin's character, his name is Neil. Yes. And he said he works in marketing.
1: Right. He works for a very big company.
0: Advertising, marketing company. Yes. And... I guess, I don't know how often he travels out of town, but he actually lives in Chicago. Right, and he, and he is, is in New York.
1: York.
0: Yeah. Don't think, it's a John Hughes movie. You know we were going to end up in Illinois.
1: <laughs> you have to. All of his movies do. Yeah. Um, They're on like one little fictional town.
0: Mm-hmm. And he works with Ferris's dad. Yes. Which, I don't remember his name, but again, a very small character. You see him for like two seconds. Right. He also makes some Illinois. comment. Yeah. <laughs> He's the one who makes comment about, you're never going to make it in time. And <laughs> that's when we get the scene with Kevin Bacon.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's trying to hail a cab. And then he locks eyes with Kevin Bacon, who's also trying to hail a cab. hmm <laughs> Then you get that really bad running sequence with both of them.
0: Yeah. Again, if you took the sound away, that would be a really boring scene, just back and forth watching Steve Martin <laughs> and um, Kevin Bacon running through the streets of New York. <laughs> Very exciting stuff.
1: Then, you know, he finally gets a cab. Well, he doesn't get a cab. He runs into a guy that's.
0: It's like Kevin gets a cab, and yes. then he is stuck still looking for a cab. He
1: runs into like a uh, attorney mm-hmm. who uh, bribes him into <laughs> giving the cab up. Yeah, steep price seventy five dollars, even for that time. That's a ton of money.
0: What that would be like over two hundred bucks? Yes, that's stupid. For a cab, um, and he mentions later down the line in the movie, I don't remember what part exactly, but he said he had seven hundred bucks in his wallet, seven hundred dollars cash.
1: Yeah, for that time.
0: He's carrying again like over two grand in his wallet in well, today's money. What, like?
1: <laughs> well, back then you can only really do things with check, cash, or credit card. There wasn't really like a debit card system like that yet. Like you mm-hmm. might have had an ATM card, but yeah. That changes how you have to do everything.
0: Yeah. But we're back to the cab. He's trying to get a cab so he can get to the airport so he can get home to his family for Thanksgiving. That is the that is the whole premise of the movie, which seems pretty simple.
1: <laughs> and what happens? His freaking cab gets taken. Yeah, after he John paid Candy. 75
0: bucks for it, John Candy jumps in and dry, the guy drives yeah, off. Yeah, put all this
1: shit in it and just took off. <laughs> Then Steve Martin chases the cab down. I would have, too. I would have been so heated.
0: And then got a suitcase ran over, which you know that thing had to be expensive.
1: Yes. (sighs) Man. And his briefcase. His briefcase got crushed.
0: I will say this movie is... I'm just going to keep talking about dreams. This is like every frustrating dream I've ever had. Right. Where where you're like trying to get to class or something like you we've been stuck long out of school but have you ever had those dreams where you're running late to work or to school and no matter what you do someone's getting in your way or stopping you
1: or you forgot something really important in your dream
0: oh my god i have a recurring dream and i know this is psychological don't psychoanalyze me guys but i have a (laughs) recurring dream where i'm back on college campus And I show up for a final for a class that I didn't even realize I enrolled for. And it's final day. And I find out (laughs) I haven't been to class at all. I had never attended a single class and I have to take the final.
1: I have a dream where I go to the wrong job.
0: What? No. I
1: don't know. Like I show up to the wrong job, like a job I used to have or something like that.
0: Uh, Oh, and they're like, you don't work here anymore? Yes. Oh, no.
1: And you just forgot, like you showed up dressed for that job and all that. And you're like, oh, no.
0: Oh God! See, now I'm gonna have a stress dream tonight because we now we've talked about it. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh. Anyway, yeah, that the whole this whole movie is just like my worst nightmare of no matter what you do, everything goes wrong. Yeah, on. everything
1: in this movie is like worst case scenario. And but I think it, it's beyond worst. case. Right, it, but it's working through it. <laughs> you just have a lot of funny things that happen throughout the course of this movie. Mm-hmm. Like they end up having to meet at the freaking airport. There's an awkward conversation. Steve Martin's still very bitter about it.
0: Yeah. He's like, I recognize you or um John Candy, his character's name is Dell. Yeah. He's like, I recognize you from somewhere, but I don't know your name.
1: We also gotta talk about John Candy's mustache in this movie. It's pretty it epic, was a yeah.
0: choice. <laughs>
1: a good choice. Yes. Was you're right. It?
0: He has no other facial hair, just the mustache and yeah. His head of hair is almost permed.
1: It's it's so curly.
0: There's a lot going on <laughs> on John Candy. He's doing the mess around. Oh. <laughs> who sings that again? Yeah, that was, um... I have
1: no idea who sings it. I just know it's in the movie.
0: They even said the name of the person who sang it. I don't know. Anyway, John Candy is just a very... Dell, Del, we should call him by yes. his character name, is a very happy-go-lucky guy and always sees the bright side of things. Yeah, he's just
1: living in the moment.
0: And he sees no wrong in the stuff that happens. So Steve Martin is bitter and super angry, and he's like, you stole my cab. And he's like, oh, you tried to get into my cab. That's right, I remember. <laughs> then he's
1: like, come to think of it, it did seem kind of weird that I... Was Got able to get a cab a- so easy. Right, during rush hour traffic.
0: Uh, I don't know. And then you realize you're going to have that. This is the dynamic we're going to have through the whole movie is just Steve Martin, who's constantly bitter and John Candy, who
1: and Steve Martin <laughs> really just could not let it go, man. Mm-hmm. Like John Candy did everything a guy could do to make up for that, offered to buy him beer and a hot dog, all kinds of stuff. He's just like and when he said he like,
0: didn't drink beer, he offered him every drink under the sun. Yes.
1: He's like coffee, slushy. <laughs> Milk, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, um, but then it's just
1: that, to me that it, that was a class thing more than it was anything else. It was Steve Martin thinking he was better than.
0: I think so. Yeah, that was him. probably part of it. Just because, again, this is something Hollywood has done. But you have John um, Dell, who's working this,
1: class salesman.
0: This fat guy to put it bluntly, and he's a salesman. So he's like, oh, this is slob, this overweight dude who's just <laughs> self-centered and isn't, I don't know, isn't aware of his surroundings sort of thing. And Steve Martin, Neil, is, I forgot his frigging name for a second.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, you're talking about his last name?
0: No, just I, I forgot his first oh. name. Um yeah, it's Neil. But Neil's character, he's, um, I don't know, very stuck up pompous dude who just expects yeah. to get his way
1: yes and he's he's just got an attitude towards people for no mm-hmm. reason whatsoever he's just really bad about things
0: well because then it goes they get to the airport they finally get on the plane and, and he caused the real problem he's got a first class ticket but they told him that they have him slotted for um
1: yeah because they had to do onboarding because of all the problems they're having with the planes
0: yeah, they they essentially told him he could not have the first class seat, even though someone walks in and she goes, oh, just sit anywhere you like. We got plenty of room, but then looks back at Steve Martin like you can't have a seat and he's super ticked off and wouldn't you know.
1: They put him in coach. They had to.
0: Not just in coach. He gets seated next to <laughs> Dell Del and coach and he, isn't this a coincidence?
1: <laughs> and he was so, he was so upbeat about it. And then Steve Martin's just like, ah, why, why me?
0: Look, I've never been on a plane, but I can only imagine he had the middle seat between Father Time and Dell, <laughs> who takes off his socks and shoes, by the way. On his this, dogs were
1: barking, <laughs> Megan.
0: On this plane. Oh, man. See, these are the reasons why I won't fly on a plane. I'm sure it's not that bad. but Yeah,
1: he, he was just, guy. get your shoes off. I'd have done the same thing.
0: I mean, I also like to just strip down and <laughs> right. relax. I'm
1: sure if he could have got down to just his underwear, he'd have done it too. I would have. I want to be as comfy as possible, especially if I'm gonna have to take a sleep on a flight.
0: <laughs> um uh so <laughs> I don't remember what happens when they finally get to land.
1: They get to the airport and then they have like a little lunch together. It's Do like they? a little meal. Yeah.
0: I don't remember that.
1: Positive. That's what happens.
0: Well, then they get to have some type of lunch because they're they're it's like a layover because mm-hmm. it's snowing really bad. It's November, and they're now it's stuck. The week of Thanksgiving. Yes, and so all these flights keep getting delayed and canceled, and um, they have to get a room for the night, and they end up getting yes, of course. They have to share a room because it's the only room left, <laughs> and it's a double bed. Like it, not two beds. It is like a full yeah, size a, bed. <laughs> it's just
1: <laughs> a a bed for just just one and a half people. <laughs> That's how I prefer it.
0: So at this point in the movie, we've gotten a lot of the comedy, but this is the first like serious scene that hurt a little yeah. bit, where Steve Martin finally just snaps on him.
1: Well, Dell used all those towels.
0: He did, He used all the towels. All his crap was all over the <laughs> sink. And I don't know.
1: This is that random Pepto-Bismol in the bathroom.
0: Uh-huh. That's um, gross. He spilled beer in the bed. That's, yeah. Um, He smokes all the time. That's his one of his bad habits yeah, is he smokes it's and a stuff. a vice. And Neil finally just has it and snaps and tells him everything he hates about him. I mean, he's just met the guy. He's he's kind of like a big dumb dog you just kind of he's just happy to be there (laughs) and be around you and then neil tears him down every little piece of him like his personality his looks his job everything he just rips him apart
1: yeah he was being a dick to be a dick
0: yeah because he was mad and he's just like at his wits end because everything was going wrong at this point but like i felt for dell i was like oh my god
1: he gives that really heartfelt speech and it's just...
0: Mm-hmm. He says he's happy like being... Me. Yeah, I like me. I was like, oh, no. He still tries to be happy, but his feelings are obviously hurt. But he doesn't lash out back at him, which is very the, telling of his character. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, I think Neil, Honestly, he was the adult. <laughs> yeah. And Neil, I don't know if he feels guilty immediately and apologizes or what happens after. Um does he apologize to him there cuz they end up having to sleep in the same bed?
1: Uh I think he like half-ass like kind of apologizes to him.
0: Yeah. And they try to lay in this bed where look, I've I feel like I am Dell, but I've also been friends with Dell before. Yeah. <laughs> on both ends. Cuz it's my worst fear. One of the things Steve Martin goes off on one of the things Neil goes off on Dell about is um, he's like, you talk too much. You never shut up. You just talk to hear the sound of your own voice and (laughs) you don't have a point. None of your conversations have a point. And I'm like, that's my biggest fear is I am Dell that I talk too much and people just want to strangle me. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) but then on the flip side of the coin is when, He's trying to go to sleep. Neil's in bed trying to go to sleep. And Dell is up uh
1: clearing his sinuses. Clearing
0: his sinuses and cracking every bone in his body.
1: Yeah, him cracking his knuckles and stuff. Or trying to read a book with a lighter.
0: Yeah. Oh, what else do, I can't he does a couple of things. We're gonna have to really jump
1: around through Because. I the, know. There's just too many scenes where I'm just uh, jumping. Neil's to trying to lose Dell
0: that stuck out to me.
1: Yeah. Like I love the scene where <laughs> Neil finally just he thinks he's rid of Del for good, yeah, and he's got to get that rental car, mm-hmm. and he goes right down the the the, uh, the ravine.
0: Oh, that snowbank thing! Yeah, <sighs> and falls onto the side of the road. His where His hat he gets, gets ran over, crushed.
1: <laughs> yes, he throws away his ticket, and he starts cussing out um, the woman. Edie.
0: Yeah, I, I can't think of uh She's I don't an know if you ever hear a character. She's in
1: the, yeah, the car rental attendant.
0: I think you could probably see it on her name tag. But yeah, he... It's just every single possible thing that goes wrong. They end up switching credit cards at some point. Um, <laughs> oh, while they were sleeping in that hotel, before they even leave, they get robbed. And oh, yeah. Some dude sneaks in and steals all their money and like valuables and takes off so when they go to get breakfast next morning steve neil thinks that Dell has stole this money from him and And he tells
1: him to open his wallet and count it and he tells him how much there's in there and then he then neil tells him there's nothing in there he's like what
0: yeah so they find out they've both been robbed in the middle of the night Um, they have to get a rental somehow and here's the thing Dell, even though He's frustrating and isn't as well off as Neil. Um, he makes friends around the whole country. He's got everywhere yeah. he goes. He's like, oh, I know a guy. He owes me a favor. Oh, I know a guy. He'll give us this. And
1: Yeah, it's because he's been around the whole United States selling stuff. That's what he does. Selling he sells freaking shower curtain like rings.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the stuff well, that... <laughs> this
1: is the most random thing you could have put in a movie. Shower curtain rings
0: you know look at anything in your house someone had to make that someone had to come up with that idea just yeah. imagine
1: and then he's just telling people there are other things too he's like talking about how they're bone ivory and earrings and stuff like that this is a daryl strawberry autographed <laughs> earring
0: i think he had a, a katie curick signed yeah one um I don't remember. He sold them to a bunch of teenage girls and he goes, oh, you guys look very adult with those on. And they're just like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Wearing them as earrings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and
1: he gets judged by Neil.
0: Uh-huh. But. It's like,
1: well, he's trying to help you get back, Dick. So what are you so mad about?
0: Right. Who made all the money? Exactly. Hmm. hmm. Um. But yeah, then they get the rental car. Mm-hmm. There is no he. Dell gets his rental car. Neil <laughs> ends up with nothing and has to hike back
1: oh, to the rental and he car is place. Mad. I would have been mad too. He almost got killed by a semi. <laughs> his hat got ruined.
0: He he's just completely covered in dirt and gross, <laughs> and <laughs> shoes are tore up from walking who knows how many miles. Um, but he's super crappy to her, like just instantly starts being crappy to her so guess who doesn't get help they
1: did give him keys to a car that wasn't even in that spot it wasn't there that's true
0: that's a weird concept i don't know if those that type of company is around anymore where they just have a parking lot full of cars and say here go find a lot
1: it just any airplay airplay airport uh, airport yeah
0: I've never flown, so... Okay. So, that's a thing. Yeah, they just rent, have...
1: Yeah, you can rent cars to drive for your destination.
0: Weird. Like, I know Enterprise and stuff like that, but... Yeah.
1: Hmm. But airports have them, too.
0: Well, lo and behold, who's there to save the day again?
1: Well, I mean, Steve Martin runs into this guy that's trying to help him get find where the car and stuff is and asked him why he didn't just fly. Oh, yeah. And it would have been a lot just, faster. <laughs> right. <laughs> And then he insults the guy. If I want to see something funny, I'd watch you pee at the urinal or whatever.
0: That's right. And gets just... He gets decked. knocked out by that dude.
1: And then what happens? Freaking Dell almost kills him with a car mm-hmm. on accident.
0: Neil gets punched in the face, falls into the, the road, and then almost gets ran over. And
1: then the voice of reason, Dell, tells this guy he he should feel bad. This guy's just trying to get home, and he needs to help pick him up. So the guy freaking picks Steve Martin up by his nuts, just <laughs> buries that freaking glove into his his lower region. Mm-hmm. Oh, it makes an awful sound too. And then oh.
0: after the next scene when he's talking in the car, it sounds <laughs> like he's talking with helium or something. Um, so they're driving, oh. Dell is driving in this rental car and somehow... Oh, oh, he's trying to take his coat off in the car. He's smoking, tosses mm-hmm. a cigarette, it lands on the back seat, it flies back in the car. He's like, man, it's getting hot in here. <laughs> so he's trying to take his coat off and somehow gets hooked on both sides of the seat.
1: Yeah, his jacket got hooked to the... Uh, it was like the co-
0: seat the adjuster. Release,
1: yeah, the, the release for the sh- seat adjuster and right around like the thing for your... Lumbar support. Lumbar support. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> for your seatbelt. Oh okay, um, and he was he was stuck. He was, he started having to drive with his knees.
0: Both arms stuck. Ends up running the car off an exit. And oh my
1: gosh! It goes right through that freaking stop sign. That's when he starts screaming, and he just flips the wheel. <laughs> and they just start spinning in ice.
0: And Steve uh, Neil, I keep sa- I'm trying to call them American. Neil and Dale. Are
1: just they're too close.
0: Yeah, Neil is. Um, asleep this whole time, but wakes up when the car comes to a stop. He's like, hey, it's kind of warm in here. You should take your coat off. Like, now he's that character. But, ends up driving down the wrong side of the highway once they get situated and almost mm-hmm. killed by two semis. This scene here... That's when here, he was doing
1: the mess around.
0: This scene here almost came off like Pee-Wee's Big Adventure to me. Yeah. Like, it had that well, same it, it feel. It came out
1: like pretty much a year or two after.
0: But... It, he pulled the same thing that he did in home alone where home alone two.
1: Yeah. Where he's skeleton. getting
0: electrocuted and turns into a skeleton. Same thing happens when they are both the cars headed towards these two semis. Uh, they turn, they're screaming and it's like all these lights flashing <laughs> and then they turn into skeletons. I love when
1: he turned, when John Candy turns into the devil
0: and then he turns into the devil. Steve Morton when, when, just
1: saw his life flash for his eyes.
0: Um, <laughs> uh, so they've, tore up this car pretty bad because it just flew between two semis and it was
1: it was just not a good time
0: they that's when they have like this fight they kind of start duking it out on the road and while they're sitting on the side of the road contemplating what to do at this point the (laughs) car catches on fire on top of everything yeah um but they still, don't worry, they're still driving it. <laughs> they just let that fire go out. <laughs> and they drove
1: still, that freaking thing. They did. I love where there's the scene where things go bad in the car. Mm-hmm. Uh, right when they go, like when they go between the two semis, And then they come out on the other side and Steve Martin's fingers are just embedded in the dash.
0: <laughs> That's right. There's like finger holes.
1: <laughs> I laughed so hard at that.
0: But they did manage to drive what is essentially just the the bones of this car yeah
1: it was completely melted and still red hot
0: to a motel where they attempt to pay in burnt credit cards and cash Mm -hmm. and watches and this is another sad scene where it's like you keep see you think you see neil start to be a little bit better but then he kind of backslides and he's a jerk again so when they're going to get this motel room neil's like no i'm getting a room you can get your own room and of course neither of them had cash but neil has a very fancy watch because he's
1: that's what he's, he's well to do
0: white collar and um ends up getting a room but then feels guilty in the middle of the night and invites
1: john candy's sitting there in he that cold
0: yeah he, you see him out in the car and he's talking about his wife and he's like man you're right, I am a I am a screw-up, and I push people away, and you're like, yeah. oh, it's super touching. Tries too hard. Yeah, but he invites them into his motel room where they eat Doritos and get drunk on little bottles of yep. liquor.
1: <laughs> like hotel room like style, like sh- like shooters.
0: Mm-hmm, and you see them bond, like really bond mm-hmm. for the first time this whole movie, and uh, Neil talks about how you know even after everything that's happened at least they have someone they love to go home to
1: yeah well neil assumes right away to Dell. at least you have someone that loves you that loves you and you can love back and you'll get to see him yeah that's one well, that's that was like a big indicator for Dell because he makes that face
0: Mm-hmm. Well, cause he's been carrying this picture around the whole movie of mm-hmm. this woman and he keeps talking to it and talking about her and almost in, like first person, like she's yes. still here. And then, um, you find out the, the sad truth at the end with his character, which we're almost there at that point. They finally, once they finally start to bond, they realize they have to part mm-hmm. ways. They at get this point. pulled
1: over by, uh, Oh Mr. Green. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs>
0: yeah. the,
1: the freaking car they're driving is not roadworthy. The speedometer was melted.
0: So he was going like almost eighty miles an hour down the yeah, highway. Yeah, they
1: had no indi- they couldn't watch any indicators or nothing like that because all the everything was melted in the car. Mm-hmm. The only thing that was still working perfect was the radio. It's like
0: the darndest thing. It's yeah. <laughs> clear as a whistle.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um and the car gets freaking impounded. They take it in, and
1: that's a ride in a freak. That's a ride in a cold ass um
0: the semi. That's yeah, right. The, the meat locker. I forgot. The freezer. The semi ends up taking them as far as it can, mm-hmm. and
1: see at that point they had to drive. They had to ride a train. They Had to ride a bus. Well, a
0: plane and a train and a well, bus, yeah. and then they had to a ride in the back car. of a
1: freaking pickup with that with that farm guy. And his wife, who he tried to make lift and carry their bags while she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And they talked about how she had her baby sideways. And she didn't cry. Yeah, she didn't even flinch. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh.
0: And they're like, wow, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, they ride in the back of a semi, um, end up riding another train. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, they it's, took the
1: rail in, in Chicago.
0: It's this last train station that they, they're they going to part ways and Neil, Neil is going to his family and he believes that Dell is going home to see his wife. And, and you
1: really can tell at this point, Neil is a changed guy.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's on the train ride home. He starts thinking back on their whole trip together and he starts putting the and pieces together.
1: Yeah, he starts not only thinking of that, he starts thinking about like, Everything he's missed because he's so engulfed in his work.
0: Mm-hmm. And you had Dell, who just, even though he traveled and did work too, he still talked about his wife and how much he loved her and all these things that they did. And Neil couldn't say the same because he was just so bitter. He was such a bitter person.
1: He really was.
0: But he, reali- he kind of comes to a realization on the train that all the signs were there all the flags were there mm-hmm. he just overlooked them because he's too self-absorbed and ends up getting on a train back to the station and finds dell just sitting in the empty yeah train station he thought
1: dell was going home to see his mm-hmm. family
0: and that's when dell tells you the truth that she's been dead for a few years eight and, years yeah and he doesn't really have a home and i was just like what the heck yeah like, it I was, was super not, sad Not expecting it, so finally Neil, with a change of heart, invites him back to his home with his family so they can all have Thanksgiving dinner together. And that
1: damn trunk that's made it through the whole movie.
0: Uh (laughs) Uh-huh.
1: They end up carrying it back together.
0: They do. They're carrying it down the road, and they're laughing and having a good time. And it was very heartfelt at the end. It It really was. It it took a very deep turn.
1: It did. It was really, it was just a really good ending to that movie.
0: Mhm. Yeah, and then the wife, who I think she, I didn't understand at first because when he walks into the house, all the family's waiting there, but his wife is up at the top of the stairs, kind of around the corner, um, mm-hmm. like crying when she hears him come through the door,
1: and I don't know if it's just. I think it's because he's she's used to him never being there for holidays and stuff
0: that he actually made it and i don't know if she could tell right away that he was different like yeah that may have been something too that made her emotional to see him and um he introduces dell as his friend and uh i don't (laughs) know the way i don't remember what he says at the end there but that freeze frame with him but um that is the end of the movie. It's a good one. It's a mm-hmm. really good movie. It took a heartfelt turn, but I think it was nice. i've I don't think of too many Thanksgiving movies. like there's not a lot out there. like with son- in- law last week, we covered it, and it was nice. It was a again, a comedy. Mm-hmm. and there was that kind of heartfelt stuff to it, but not like this movie.
1: yeah, this movie was really meant to like make you think. It was, a, it's a good friend film. It's a great, like, it, to me, it's more than a buddy comedy because mm-hmm. it was showing you how people can change.
0: Yeah. And you didn't have a ton of the romance aspect, even though they both talked about their families mm-hmm. and wives Which separately. was awesome.
1: I love that it was a movie that does not have the freaking, it has no romantic characterization in it at all
0: i'm very little they talk about their wives yeah but, but they're
1: not talking about them like you know going home to just, you know, like sleep with them and all that it's just they're just trying to get back to them
0: yeah it's not yeah it's and not the romantic focus
1: solely around that
0: it's not the romantic part it's just the the family aspect right not even really focusing on the wives i think it's just the, love. the family yeah the love. So it was a it was a good movie. I was genuinely surprised, and then I was also really surprised. To see, it was a John Hughes movie,
1: right? But I I haven't read or, like any reviews or anything like that where anybody really hated on it. I mm-hmm. uh I can't remember that guy's name. Uh, Malton. He's the only one that gave any kind of negativity toward the movie, it, and he he picked on the music. Really. Yes. He wasn't a fan of the music they used for it at all. I think the music is what makes it perfect for its time.
0: Mm. Well, I am going to talk a little bit about that because I've got some fun trivia to share. Well, give it to me. All right. So the movie, uh, these facts I'm going to pull are from Mental Floss, which I've used before. I think I can't remember for what movie. I try to get them from different websites just to see what other people are saying. And this article was written in 2017. so But whatever, the movie's old enough. That's darn near 30 years. That is 30 Mm -hmm. years after it came out. So the first thing, the whole idea behind the movie, which is them getting from New York to... Chicago, Chicago. to get home, was inspired by John Hughes' own hellish trip from New York to Chicago. Oh, wow. It said before he became a filmmaker, he worked as a copyright for an advertising agency in Chicago. Uh And one day he had an 11 a.m. presentation in New York on a Wednesday and then planned to return home on a 5 p.m. flight that evening. And then the winter forced all of the flights in Chicago to be canceled that night. So he had to stay in a hotel. There was a snowstorm in Chicago the next day. And it the delays just kept going on. The plane that he eventually boarded ended up being diverted to Denver and then to Phoenix. <laughs> like, Colorado? Yeah. And then to Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, wow. From New York. He's trying to get to Chicago. So if you know anything about... Bad
1: weather conditions would, would do that, though.
0: Yeah, about just... US geography, that is way the way out of the way.
1: <laughs> no, you're going way west. Um,
0: yeah, so that whole trip is what like started the idea of this movie. It said that he managed to write the first sixty pages of this movie in just six hours.
1: I believe that. Just I, solely I based that.
0: off his <laughs> experience.
1: John Hughes is known for being able to write his scripts really fast.
0: Mm-hmm. That's I I don't know his process or how long it takes, but he does follow a very simu- similar formula for a lot of his
1: movies. Well, if you know what works for you, you got to do it, right?
0: Yeah, I, they were all hits, so.
1: Uh, even like the freaking great outdoors.
0: Oh, I was just getting ready to talk about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it, it was directed by John Hughes, but it was initially supposed to be directed by Howard Dutch, I think is you pronounce the last name? Mm-hmm, which D-E-U? is what how,
1: the name they used for Dutch.
0: Okay. So Howard Dutch did actually direct some of Hughes' screenplays, including Pretty in Pink and Some Kind of Wonderful, mm-hmm. which I haven't seen. Some Kind of Wonderful. He was going With to Leah direct. Thompson? Uh, I love oh, that movie. Maybe I have. Okay. I've, uh, I'll have to look at That's it. It's a and good see. one. Anyway, he was going to direct this one too, but then Hughes decided to direct it himself once Steve Martin signed on. So uh, Dutch directed other scripts the next year, Great Outdoors, instead mm. of this one.
1: That's one of my like all-time favorite movies. I love Great Outdoors. The Great
0: Outdoors. You showed that to me. I hadn't seen that before until a few years ago. Um, all right. So Steve Martin thought that the script for the movie was too long.
1: I he's, could see that.
0: He's actually written some of his own screenplays, and he thought that this Script. It was 145 pages. He thought that was a lot for a comedy. So when Martin asked John Hughes where he thought they might cut scenes, Hughes was confused by the question. And then Martin later claimed that the first cut of the movie was four and a half hours long. Yeah. (laughs) So John Hughes like, what do you mean? Talk about that later. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Um. John Hughes acted out the entire script to a publicist, hoping to work on the movie. Huh. And that's how he sold it. Reed Roosevelt, I believe, is how you say it. Met with John Hughes to interview for the unit publicist position on the movie. He didn't get the job, but Roosevelt later wrote about the experience on his blog, saying it was a strange but admirable. It was strange but admirable that Hughes did not allow him to see the script to the movie beforehand.
1: Yeah, because then that shit would have got out.
0: Yeah, as they grew more comfortable with one another during the meeting, Roosevelt asked what the movie was about as he only knew the title and that Martin and Candy were starring in it. Hughes then proceeded to perform the entire movie for him. Wow. That's a that's a long one yeah, to do that.
1: That's attention to your craft, I guess.
0: Yeah. A uh, little bit about John Candy. When he mm-hmm. first arrived to the set, he came with lots of exercise equipment in tow. Really? Yeah. The first day of shooting, the crew brought in treadmills, weights, and other exercise equipment for him to use in his hotel suite, and Steve Martin said, quote, Candy never went near any of it once. (laughs) 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 Which, same. (laughs) I don't know if they were trying to get him to work out, or if he brought it with the intent of working out and then didn't.
1: Well, I know he had that daughter that he was very fond of, Mm. and he was trying to make a life change. I think someone... Told him he would lose his, his popularity if he lost it.
0: Oh, if he lost the weight. Very possible.
1: I mean, it it's the same thing. John Belushi wouldn't have been as funny if he would have been skinny. People have continuously said that. People have said that about Chris Farley.
0: Even today, and I know it's weird because it's kind of transitioned to f- more female actors, I believe. so. Right. Like Rebel Wilson, Melissa McCarthy but it also happened with Jonah Hill Mm -hmm. and he went with more. I think Jonah Hill was able to transition a little bit easier.
1: I don't know. I, I I don't think his movies has been, have been as big.
0: I liked, um, the Netflix short that he did.
1: Right. But that's still, that's a Netflix property. It's not really like a big budget movie.
0: Oh, what was that called? I think it was just called maniac or something like that. It was really good. Oh, I'm not one. I'm not
1: taking any shots at him or like that mm-hmm. I'm saying his popularity probably isn't that big like before that he was still big when he did Wolf of Wall Street yeah and that movie was humongous and he was he was big in that
0: yeah anyway um yeah I don't know they didn't say why he brought that if it was his choice or someone else um, well
1: also he would have been doing that uh, cartoon too Camp Candy.
0: I don't know what that is. I hadn't heard of that.
1: Yeah. So I got a feeling he would have been trying to get in shape because he was doing multiple jobs then because he would have had to get up, do voice acting. And if he's working on a movie, he would have had to do that too. I guess,
0: yeah. Well, anyway, the entire <laughs> movie was supposed to be shot in Chicago, but there wasn't enough snow. Really? Yeah, which seems weird.
1: Yeah, because anytime I've ever been that close to like any of the lakes it's it's miserable
0: yeah well it says some of the exterior scenes were filmed in buffalo new york steve martin claimed that the cast and crew pretty much lived the plot of the movie he said quote as we would shoot we were hoping planes trains and automobiles or we were hopping planes trains and automobiles trying to find snow (laughs) (laughs) so they just had to keep moving around looking for snowy places yeah but, I mean, it released in November, so depending on when they shot, if it was a year prior, maybe.
1: Well, also, if they were going right into filming, mm-hmm. they could have gotten snow in September or October during that time. Yeah. Because I definitely remember it Up snowing north. in August when I was a kid. Yeah. I was riding my bike, and it ju- it just started snowing. I
0: can see that. My dad will tell you about the time it snowed in July. Yeah. <laughs> Here in Indiana, of all places. I mean, did it stick? No. But they woke up in July morning and it was 100% snowing. It happens. Yep. But with all the moving around and the trying to find snow and good uh, filming locations, obviously that caused a lot of delays in filming. But that actually worked out for one of the actors. And they're not even (laughs) credited in the movie. Really? Yeah. There is... A documentary, it's called John Hughes, A Life in Film. Kirk Honeycutt, if you know who that is, I have no idea. Uh-uh. He wrote that one of the actors who played a truck driver was only supposed to have a single line in the movie that would require one day of work. Hughes chose to keep him on standby as the production faced delays, and the actor ended up working enough days while the crew waited for the snow to come that he was able to make a down payment on a house.
1: That's awesome.
0: Yeah, he got paid every day he was there, even though he didn't do anything. Uh, It's very possible this was Troy Evans, who was uncredited as the shy truck driver in the movie. He went on. Yep, he went on to appear credited on ER for the show's final five seasons as Frank Martin and later spent nearly 60 episodes playing Detective Beryl Johnson on Bosch. Hmm. So life-changing things happen for that dude and he did nothing except hang out on set for a few days that's how hollywood works yeah not too bad
1: no just to show up and you don't have to do anything mm-hmm. he was able to make a down payment on a house that's crazy
0: i freaking wish all right here we go edie mcclurg <laughs> get talk about her love her so she did some improvisation improvisations that impressed john hughes which is how she ended up with a lot of her roles Right. So McClurg is probably best known as Grace from Ferris Bueller. And she played the St. Louis car rental employee who, um, Neil dropped 18 F-bombs on her, by the way, (laughs) if you were counting in that scene. For the first few takes, McClurg simply raised her finger and had a standard phone conversation with a customer. Then Hughes told her to improvise talking on the phone about Thanksgiving that's when she came up with the stuff about needing roasted marshmallows mm-hmm. taking care of crescent rolls because she can't cook <laughs> when she finished Hughes asked her how she came up with those details so quickly when McClure explained that she just got it from her own life just like he does with his scripts he said oh yeah and she claims to uh, she claims people to this day ask her to tell them that they're effed <laughs> <laughs> just that She's very... still alive and
1: kicking too
0: how old would she be?
1: She was born like 45. So she's a year younger than my dad. Dang. So 77. Wow.
0: Good for her though.
1: Yeah. And she's still working. Like I just read that she's still doing voice work and all that.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Her voice is so unique. He's a righteous dude. Yeah. <laughs> she had to do that. Um, and then, yeah, her very just dry delivery upbeat, yeah when he's like what are you gonna do about it or what i don't remember <laughs> what he says but her answer is you're effed <laughs> yeah
1: and actually
0: oh that whole scene with all the f words mm-hmm. gave the movie an r rating they wow would,
1: that scene made that an r movie
0: yeah it's reportedly one of the scenes that made martin want to make the movie it's overuse of the word F, the F word, is mm-hmm. also apparently what pushed the movie's rating from PG-13 to R. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, a, that's
1: pretty cool trivia, honestly.
0: A future Hughes movie made a cameo along with Kevin Bacon, which we did talk about Kevin Bacon showing up. Um In the scene that goes back and forth between Neil trying to sleep next to Dell clearing his sinuses Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Neil's wife watching TV alone in their bed, she is somehow watching She's Having a Baby.
1: Which I was just talking about.
0: Which wouldn't be released in theaters until February of the following year. Kevin Bacon stars in that movie and made a cameo in this, this movie as the guy who out hustles Neil in getting a cab.
1: Damn, I'm good.
0: Some people believe Bacon, who was officially listed in the credits as Taxi Racer, was playing his She's Having a Baby character, Jake, in that scene.
1: I, I can see that because they're dressed the exact same. Mm-hmm. Same haircut.
0: Well, hadn't seen it, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> there was a scene in a strip club that got cut from the movie. Huh. After their car blew up, Neil and Dell went inside a strip club <laughs> to use a phone where Dell got distracted by the dancers. Actress Deborah Lamb didn't know that her scene was cut until she went to the screening.
1: <laughs> oh, damn.
0: Ouch. That hurts. <laughs> uh, and someone else was actually cut from the movie Jerry Ryan. Do you Jerry recognize Ryan. that name? Uh uh-uh. uh. That's her now, or close to now, a couple years ago. Anyway. Uh, she was in Star Trek Voyager.
1: I wasn't a Star Trek guy. Sorry.
0: Uh, well she made her acting debut in this movie. And oh,
1: and she got cut?
0: She was only she was one of the passengers on the bus ride and she couldn't oh. she kept laughing at Martin and Candy's scenes, so they reshot the scenes without her.
1: Oh. They took her oh, off that the
0: because she couldn't stop laughing. Oh, here we go. This is about Flintstone. the music. You were talking about the uh the music for the movie someone said they didn't like music elton john wrote a song for this movie
1: did he really
0: elton john and lyricist gary osborne were almost finished writing the theme song for planes trains and automobiles when paramount insisted on ownership of the recording master which john's record company would not allow and the song has never been released
1: i'd like to hear it Mm -hmm. i really would
0: uh, just a couple more. I've only got two more here. The original ending: Dell followed Neil all the way home. Hughes decided during the editing process that instead, Candy's character would be a noble person, and finally take the hint from Steve Martin's character and let Neil return home. Before Neil has a change of heart and finds Dell again.
1: It was a better, better ending.
0: Yeah. In the train scene where Neil thinks about Dell and laughs, Steve Martin did not know that the camera was rolling. That's genuinely him just like thinking like laughing Oh, said to get the new ending. He wanted John Hughes (laughs) and editor Paul Hirsch went back to look for footage. They previously didn't think would be used. Hughes had kept the cameras rolling in between takes on the Chicago train without Steve Martin's knowledge. And while Martin was thinking about his next line, Hughes thought Martin had a beautiful expression on his face that under unguarded the moment when he inserted it into the film. That's cool. So it was just him, like, running lines through his head.
1: Yeah. Just, that works, though, because it, it seems genuine.
0: Yep. So, yeah. Oh, and it said it actually says at the bottom of this article it has been updated for 2022. So even though it was written in 2017, mm-hmm. there are updates to make it more up-to-date.
1: <laughs> something we just found out recently, not too long ago, It's it was announced that there is a 4K... Uh, Complete remaster of in a Blu-ray form coming. That's going to have 175 minutes of unused footage.
0: Well, they said the first cut was over four hours long. I believe it.
1: So what that means is, because I've heard it forever that all that footage was lost. Mm -hmm. That means the John Hughes estate finally was able to release the archives. Hmm. So all those scenes that have been lost in the John Hughes movies are what are known to be lost. We'll Mm -hmm. probably end up popping up now. Because The Breakfast Club has a lot of scenes that they talked about filming that are gone. Mm -hmm. And uh, Pretty in Pink, Sixteen Candles. All those movies are going to have, I think, bigger releases now.
0: Huh. That's interesting. Which is cool. Yeah, I didn't realize... I like a lot of John Hughes movies. I can't say all, of course, but I didn't realize how many of his movies are just like feel-good movies yeah.
1: Me. There's a couple of his movies I'm not a big fan of. I'm I don't care for she's having a baby. I have seen it, but not a favorite. Mhm. Um trying to think. There's got there's gotta be another one in there somewhere that I'm not big on. But I like like Mr. Mom and all that. I think he's he's good at telling stories.
0: Yeah, that one's okay. That's yeah, with like um Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton, yeah. Yeah, that one's all right.
1: Yeah. That was the one that kind of got the ball rolling, too, for him. Hmm.
0: Well, that wraps up my segment. If we want to just go ahead and rate it, then. Let's get on
1: it. Got three key factors to talk about.
0: First one being...
1: Rewatch Ability.
0: Yeah. The Rewind. Um, I've just seen this for the first time. Mm -hmm. But I will say... I would watch it again... I I don't think it's something I could watch too often.
1: No. I, I watch it every fall, especially yeah. around Thanksgiving time.
0: It's a once-a-year movie, I would think. It's yeah. what it feels
1: like. Um, it Kind of a winter movie, too.
0: You don't want to lose that magic. <laughs> so. Right.
1: It's a movie when you watch it, it feels special when you watch it. Mm-hmm. So I could probably I give it a, a four, four and a half.
0: Yeah, I would say if it's a one... Every year. Like three and a half... Just yeah, I'm going to go with a four. It's kind of like um, we talked about the National Lampoon movies, The Christmas Vacation. I don't want to watch that in July. You no. Know? that's but a once a year I movie mean, too. I, When
1: I know that time's coming, I will watch it. Yeah. So I feel four is strong because I, I indicating I will watch it at least once a year.
0: That's true. I think I may add it to my list of movies to watch annually.
1: <laughs> there you go.
0: Um, the next thing we will rate it on is its legacy.
1: Uh, I think this is really... It, people are always going to love the John Hughes films. Uh-huh. I think John Candy's legacy has been really big, especially lately. He gets brought up a lot. John Candy? Yes. And Steve Martin's just really, really had that resurgence since doing uh, Only Murders in the Building.
0: Yeah, which I really enjoyed that show. Yes,
1: great show. Very good show. Yep. So, at least for the time being, I think this movie's going to be on some kind of pedestal because there's not a lot of Thanksgiving movies like we thought there was.
0: That's true. And not just the cast. um, I think the whole concept of the movie, I'm sure it had been done before John Hughes did it. Right traveling movies where you have the very serious actor with the very funny actor but it just it's been done so many times it inspired that. a lot
1: of movies too like tommy boy 100 percent has gotta have a lot of inspiration from that
0: yeah uh i think of what is it identity thief or um due oh, date guess, yeah. we talked about those yeah
1: anybody traveling comedy
0: yeah, those are exactly are the same of those. movies. Yeah. Which like I said, I don't know who started that. Oh. I don't think it's John Hughes. Even
1: that movie I made you watch not too long ago, uh Grind, the skateboarding movie. Oh. It's like a buddy comedy.
0: Yeah. I, I feel like it's the two that I just listed are Exactly that. Right. It's they are but, actually traveling cross country, right. and one of them is way too serious, and one of them is way too lax.
1: And then we got to realize that really all these come from the National Lampoon's Vacation movie. <laughs> Just driving across country, and only bad things happen.
0: Well, that's what I said. I kind of want to pinpoint. Sorry, want to pinpoint who started that type of movie. You know. Yeah. Because I I doubt it was this one, even though it was really good.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a great movie.
0: Mm-hmm. And then the last thing we'll oh well, we didn't, even we didn't out a get a number. Yeah, I'll give it. <laughs> um, I'll give it a four just because it did. I mean, it spawned. I don't know if it specifically spawned we'll a bunch of more. We'll call buddy travel comedy. Yeah, the genre <laughs> buddy <Yeah>. travel genre. <laughs> I'll give
1: that. I'll give that a. I'll give out a four. I
0: mean, it's still going. People are still yeah. making those ty- those types of movies today. Yes. And then the last thing we'll rate it on is the look, the quality, sound overall of the movie.
1: I like the feel of the movie. It feels personal. hmm I love how everything's shot.
0: It did have some weird scenes um, or just choices within the scene. Like in the very beginning, I noticed when he's looking down at his plane ticket, it's like shines a light on the yeah. the time on the ticket when they turn to skeletons and John Candy turns into the devil and
1: they do some really cool visuals with this movie.
0: There's a couple different shots that almost it, it kind of goes back to Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Home Alone mm-hmm. for me, which I mentioned earlier. So, which I like both of those movies.
1: Yes. Very much.
0: Um Unless I mean if there's anything else you want to Weigh in on before we give our number.
1: I was a big fan of the m- music of this movie.
0: Oh, that's right. The music. See, it didn't really stick out like, to me.
1: I really like the, the atmosphere. I like that John Hughes is really big on using music from the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. I think that makes these movies way funner.
0: Oh, the only one I remember is The Mess Around.
1: <laughs> yeah. They used to, uh, another song, I, I'd have to really think about it, but I'm so used to all the John Candy's movies. They always have like really good music from those like that time period Yeah, because John Hughes was such a big music guy
0: right well and don't
1: forget also something we forgot about that is it was announced but I'm sure it's been scrapped since all this shit happened at the Oscars but this movie was supposed to get remade with Will Smith and Kevin Hart What? and I don't want that at all
0: uh, just because you're not a fan of Kevin, uh, or uh, I don't think Kevin Hart's Kevin Hart, yeah, I, I don't think Kevin he's Smith
1: that, <laughs> that funny. I think his, I think he's kryptonite for the box office. Mm-hmm. Like he's, I don't know, like he's not someone like The Rock or Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. Like, and Will Smith's star is gonna. I think it's it's really hurt since he did that shit at the Oscars.
0: Oh yeah, I don't know, man. I, it, just,
1: I don't think that's a good combo.
0: He started going downhill when him and Jada went public about her cheating. Or, sorry, her entanglement. <laughs> yeah.
1: Just tell it for what it is. Oh,
0: my God. her side piece. It's just been going downhill since then. Um, no, I don't know. This movie has been remade enough times. I mean, not the specific movie but the yeah. idea of the movie has been done a lot so I don't know if that's necessary or needed but
1: yeah. and I think they already did it fine with Tommy Boy
0: I think I'm going to give it a 3
1: I'll be honest with you though if they were going to remake it and this is going to be the typical answer anybody could have give or gave um I think it would have to have the rock in it Just I'm dead serious
0: Is he going to be the taxi racer, the Kevin Bacon character? (laughs) No. (laughs) He's only in it for a second. I think he'd be really
1: good at playing the Neil character, making it more modern. Uh Uh-huh. But the thing that sucks is trying to put somebody into the other role. I don't think it'd be good if it was Kevin Hart. If it was somebody like Jack Black or somebody like that, Uh it could work.
0: Yeah. I don't know if I could see The Rock doing it. But Why? I don't know. That seems like a weird thing. He's very
1: fun. He's also funny. He can play straight laced. That's what Steve Martin did. He was a comedian that was playing straight laced. Yeah. Like, for Will Smith, I've never thought he was funny.
0: Well.
1: I thought he was a no, a, a good actor, mm-hmm. but I don't know if he could do like the funny th- part of it.
0: I don't know anymore. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I think I'm I'm gonna give it a three only because, I I don't know. It, it kind of felt. Some of the scene choices were weird. Like, I liked how they did it in uh-huh. Wee's Big Adventure and how they did it in Home Alone, but I it did, it fell out of place in this movie for me.
1: Okay. I think I can give it a... I'll give it a 3.5. Okay. So overall, that's like a, what? 3.6. I'll give it by 6, a 3.5 6, overall. 6.66. six. Sixty 66.6. Oh. 6, 6, 6, 6, 6. Six six. Somewhere Man, you think seven. it's
0: funny every time you do that, don't you?
1: <laughs> yes. Infinity six. Well, none person that doesn't think it's funny as you. You're correct. Yes. Okay. Shots fired <laughs> over the bow.
0: Uh, yeah, I think that's gonna wrap it up then for this episode.
1: Yeah, I'm glad we watched the movie because, uh, you go. A whole year without watching something, and you watch it. There's a lot of things I forgot. I totally forgot that his fingertips went into the dashboard. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> and that it was hilarious. Uh-huh.
0: Uh huh. Or that the steering wheel <laughs> melted to his hand. <laughs> it was bent. Uh, no, when John uh, John Candy was in it, and it bent. Oh, when he bent right, it forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's gonna wrap this week up, and. I hope Stay everybody tuned. has a
1: very happy and good Thanksgiving. I hope everybody gets plenty of stuffing and stuff. Some good football games coming too. So
0: I know. Speaking of football games, stick around and listen to the sneak peek to our next week's oh, episode. It's a, it's a good one. It's a great one. <laughs> All right. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Next week on the Retro Club what's her name becky yeah
1: i loved icebox i had a crush on her (laughs) i had a huge crush on her i i would definitely let her freaking sack me
0: oh john
1: yeah just throw me to the ground baby
0: (laughs) careful it's a children's movie it's a great movie it's a great (laughs) that
1: doesn't have to be just a great children's movie it's a great movie i watched that shit as an adult I'd let Devin Sawa throw
0: toilet paper at me all day. See, long. there you go. <laughs>
1: there. You'd be like hot hands too. You ain't got you ain't got no catching above.
0: Mixing and music by Kelsey Ingram. Cover art is by Megan Harris. Research is by John and Megan Harris.
1: Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Slasher at Retro Club Pod. Or visit our website at retroclubpod.com for episode information and more.
0: You can listen to The Retro Club on Podbean, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, and more.
1: Make sure to like, follow, and subscribe, or we'll find you.